Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Every Tuesday, we try to answer one of your ponderous, puzzling questions about the world and how it works. We call them shower thoughts. And today's shower thought comes courtesy of Trudy in Christchurch. Trudy asks, quite rightly we thought, why don't we standardise clothes sizes? Why do women's sizes start at six and go up in increments of two? Why is a size 10 in New Zealand different to a size 10 in Australia or the UK or the US? Has the world gone mad? Well, we got someone on who knows the answer, or at least the backstory to some of those questions. Remember, you can send in your very own shower thoughts. Nights at rnz.co.nz is the email address. 2101 is the text number. And Paul Blomfield is our man this evening. Paul is a fashion expert. He was once the CEO of the Apparel and Textile Federation. He was once the editor of Apparel magazine. I spoke to him earlier this evening, and I began by asking about when sizing standards actually first became a thing. You could say getting super historical on this, but let's not. It really happened with... uh you know, mass production. So, um, you, you know, you might have seen the movie Napoleon recently, mm-hmm. and you'll have seen those massive armies that were, you know, marching through Russia and everything like that. Well, they needed uniforms, and uh, it was early days of mass production. Uh, you know, it was very much a time of, of uh, you know, developing you know, weaving machines and knitting machines and all sorts of things like that. And with so many people needing an outfit uh, that they could uh, go to war in, they started standardising um, the the men's uniforms. So the first sizing, the first standard sizing was small, medium, large, extra large uniforms for Napoleonic or Crimean or American Civil War soldiers. I love that. Military technology. What do you think of Napoleon, by the way? Oh, I, I really enjoyed it. I've, I've, I've got to say, uh, the spoilers of the the, the the inaccuracies about the way they fought the wars yeah. and uh, <laughs> put me off. But uh, I loved the movie. Yeah, yeah, really, Scott. He knows yeah. how to put on a show. That's for sure. Um, all right. Now, in New Zealand, and uh, I, I'm 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 not well briefed on this, so I'm taking this thread, but um. I'm reliably informed that women's sizes of clothing in New Zealand tend to start at six and go up in increments of two. Why Why does this happen? What does it correspond to? It seems needlessly convoluted to my mind, but um, I'm not that clever. Well, can I go back a little bit in history on that side as well Please. and go that no, women did not have off-the-rack garments until the, about the 1920s. You know, men were marching around in uniforms that were standardised, and and and. Uh, but generally, uh, a woman would make her own clothes, or someone. You know, if you if you had a bit more money, somebody would make it for you. Mm. So there were no sizes for women. 
But then uh, when the department stores, you might have seen that, you know, TV show Selfridges or whatever it was, you know, um, they wanted to have standard off-the-rack garments that women could buy. So uh, in different parts of the world, there were different approaches to doing that. There was no standardised size to start with. People kind of ad hoced it a wee bit. Um, there was some attempts at finding some standards, but then things got in the way. Like suddenly women stopped wearing corsets, mm. which completely changed uh, garment sizing as well. And so, uh, yeah, so so the, the women's sizing came from, again, you know, uh, the ability to mass produce garments and a kind of a sizing parameter. It was never that size six was the smallest. Mm. But size zero didn't exist. Uh, but, you know, they basically said, look, from the smallest woman to the largest woman, let's make them zero up to uh, up to 20 or 30. I think it was the original uh, size range was 20. Mm. But then there's all this different stuff that kicked in, like vanity sizing. Like if you go shopping on Rodeo Drive, if you've got enough money, every garment is a size zero. <laughs> So it's like the it's like the ninety nine cents, is it? It's it's almost a psychological technique. Yes, it is. It it absolutely is. You know, I had somebody actually. I was working in the shop today, believe it or not, and I had somebody in the shop today who was very flattered that I said, "Oh wow, you 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 know you're fitting into an extra small here." So (laughs) you know, it's um, it, it. you know, and, and the, the Europeans and the, the British went different ways on this, obviously, and yeah. it was simply imperial versus metric. Right. Um, so is that the explanation as to why, you know, clothing sizes will, will, will be completely different numbers in New Zealand as compared to Spain as compared to, to the UK? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, you, you know, you just take a shoe size, for example, which is an easy way to explain it. Hmm. You know, the, the the British way was that the... You know, three barley kernels, I think it was, equaled an inch. That was the first real standardised measure. Right. And so so a size 10, I think, was 10 barley kernels. Not 10 inches, but 10 barley kernels. Mm. There was something like that that was the start of it in the UK. But the um, but the, the French, the, in, in, the, in the way they developed metric, of course, mm. they, they went down a different track. And, you know, you had different weird sort of standardization issues as well as, you know, uh, when in the, I think it was in the late 30s or early 40s, uh, they tried to standardize American garment sizes. So they measured a whole lot of women Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to get the standard sizes. But the problem is that all the women that got paid to turn up to be measured tended to be the poorer women. So they ended up with all the garment sizes didn't, suit the the wealthier people. So then there was this, you know, there's been so many different goes at it over the years. Why, um, why, Paul, would a size 10 be different in New Zealand as compared to Australia, as compared to the UK? Or, or is, that, is that essentially um, what, you've, what you've just been talking about? Is that the answer to that as well? Yeah, I find that, you know, New Zealand, Australia and the UK – there's some variation, uh, and there's <clears throat> sort of age variation, really. You know, in, in a, like a, a size 10 for a more mature woman is going to allow a little bit more on bust and hips. But you know, it, it's where do you where do you take the measurements from? Right. You know, do you do you take? Uh, you know, at one point there was an effort to take uh, height into account mm. in sizing, and 
or you know you might have uh, you know one one line of thought that you should you know take everything from the bust or you should take everything from the waste. So, but what I find is between New Zealand and Australia and the UK, I find it's generally pretty close. But then you go to the the US mm-hmm. and a size you know a size six size eight. Um, that we would have over here as a size zero. Yeah, you right. Know, and, and how do you even size a zero? It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but then, you know, Spain and uh, Paris and Denmark will have slight variations as well between their sizing, even though, you know, many of the, the same garment brands are sold across those different nations. I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it, in that um, you know different countries are um, you know have different populations, uh, different average average builds. I suppose once populations are averaged out, indeed, um, when it comes to clothing manufacturers, your target markets will be different, and bodies change over time. So it must be different, difficult rather to to standardise things because humans are so diverse. Yes, but you know, they're probably uh, the time that sizing was most cohesive was probably in the 50s and 60s. Right. Uh, but then you you know you had the whole idea of vanity sizing sort of really popped up at that you know in the in the in the 80s and 90s when people you know were yeah it, you know humans have changed in size too if you take the actual dimensions of a human from uh, you know whatever average female from the the US or, or the UK in the in the 30s and and look at the same person in the 80s they're quite different so uh, I'm I guess all I'm telling you here is it's a massive can of worms yeah <laughs> Paul to the best of your knowledge have there ever been any conversations about totally standardizing sizing around the world or, or would that simply be t- too difficult yeah no there has been there there really has been and um well, you know, in Europe is the easiest thing because Europe has Europe does have guidelines. Yep. It does have its own European guidelines because the EU, you know, they're famous for saying a banana can't can't be called a banana if it's too straight. You know, mm-hmm. those are those are those actual things that happen in the European Community. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're reasonably well standardised, but there's still some banana sizing goes on there. But where it really falls to pieces is is in the U.S. The, the last real attempt to standardise U.S. sizing was back in the uh, I think it was back in the 40s when they did a massive uh, survey of women and really, you know, everybody just threw the book out straight after that and did whatever they liked. Well, I mean, you know, they call themselves world champions of American football, so I suppose they're going to march to the beat of their own drum, regardless, aren't they? Um, yeah. Paul, just, so just sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. So, just, so just finally on that, I guess you know that what's happening now is garments are traded around the world without without barriers, yeah. and it means that in a you know an average store in New Zealand, you might have to have a size chart on the wall that will you know have all the different explanations. You know, someone will come in and say, "Oh, what's a size thirty four? Mm. and you'll be saying, "Well, in New Zealand, it's a six, and then. You know, in the in the in the US, it's a two. You know, so we're all sort of stuck with having to have these explanations. But it's a, it's a global melting pot now. You know, people are learning what their sizes are in different nations. Yeah, yeah, sizing literacy.
Super interesting stuff. Um, Paul Blomfield, thanks so much for your time in, in telling us a bit about that history. It was really interesting to listen to. Thank you. And that was Paul Blomfield, Blomfield rather, uh, for Shower Thoughts this week. If you have a Shower Thought, text it through to 2101 or email us, nights at rnz.co.nz is the email address. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.